Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're all property people running our own businesses, and this podcast is just us chatting every week about the reality of anything and everything property. This week, we are joined again by Simon Glastonbury, our expert mortgage broker, and we're just going to dive straight into the conversation. And I think we're going to start with a bit of a discussion on mortgage rates, what they are, where they're going. And yeah, over to you, Simon. Well, welcome, guys. Good to be on again. Interest rates, certainly a, a poignant topic at the moment. Very, very busy from the mortgage side. Lots and lots of inquiries about what people are to do with rates. And that's across the board from residential, single buy-to-let landlords, right through to portfolio HMO landlords. And because they're, they're clearly going up and with the potential rate rise again coming up, which is expected, what's going to happen? And I think everybody's sort of looking at cash flow a lot closer than they have been probably over the last 10 years because the rates are jumping up and, and within the last six months, quite a number of those rates or rates available and, and products available have, have nearly doubled already. And that's clearly a concern, along with the sort of energy crisis we have going at the moment, that's a concern to um, pretty much all of my clients. Everybody's ringing up and saying, look, can I get out of my current rates or when's my current rates expiring? What should I do? Landlords are then thinking, right, should I keep the properties? Do I remortgage? Is it available? Do I put rents up? I mean, you guys know exactly what that sort of situation is is at the moment. And rates are at a point now where they are certainly being a concern to the majority of people who still have mortgages. Have you found people actually changing their mind yet? As in, they, they've maybe put an offer in or something on a property and they've come, come to you and talked about mortgages and they've actually gone back and said actually i can't afford this it's a good question actually no is is the simple answer is that i've i've not personally i've not had anything like that as yet i think people are looking at it a little bit closer i think the again the market availability of products at the moment sorry availability of property at the moment is still it, it, it is the issue so people, once they get it in their mind that either a landlord or someone looking for residential property, once they have it in their mind that they want to find something, it's kind of set in stone. So although they're having an issue with finding that property, I think that's more the issue. I haven't actually had anybody personally pulled out thinking it's too expensive now because they've got to do something. I suppose they've got to, if they're not living there, they're renting and you're looking at potential rent rises as well coming up. I would expect that certainly from what landlords are telling me. And there's been no change in terms of the buy-to-let stress testing. So all banks are still implementing the the stress test that had to be applied in terms of the or has the rate changed because it was five and a half percent at something like 145 percent or 155 percent. Yeah, it, depending on if you are a basic rate taxpayer, high rate taxpayer, if you have. Each lender has a slightly different stress test, but Stuart, you're absolutely right. It's around about those figures. Usually five and a half percent, you know, five and a half percent works out 125 or 145. Now that, that hasn't changed as yet. 
will the question is, and I think certainly from a broker's point of view, will that change when rates are getting to that level or or go above that five and a half percent? Because they're they're getting quite close to it now. We're not far away. You know, eight if you're if you're looking at an HMO purchase currently at 75%, you're getting up around, if you're a limited company, I mean, these are all sort of, you know, ifs and buts, but if you're a limited company, HMO purchased, you're getting up around a 5% mark. So what happens? What are the lenders going to do when you go over? And this is clearly a directive from the regulator to say, look, this is what you need to do in the first place. So what happens when HMO rates go above five and a half and they're six? How does a stress test? How is the stress test going to work there? Certainly, on on the broker forums, which are a joy at the moment, they are. That's you know, it's a burning question. I think in a recent remortgage that I was going through, some of the paperwork because they, they sort of try and scare you in some of it. And they had an illustration of what what would happen if, and their example interest rate was something like eleven or twelve percent. Okay, that that's really very scary. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not going to go quite that high. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense if the if the stress rate is lower than the real rate. <laughs> that, that's yeah, they can have to change something there. Absolutely, it, it it just doesn't make any sense. But they're they're all the, all these quotations, and like you've seen, Simon, they're they're trying to they're regulated to an extent, and they're trying to make it easier for the client. And quite often, with any of these things, it just confuses people, thinking because you're immediately you're drawn to the higher figure. You're thinking, what, what, that, you, of course you're going to be put off. I mean, that would be just be absolutely dreadful. You know, it's, it's always possible. I, I don't think it will get anywhere near that, personally. But again, it's, I mean, uh, my, my view is, I think, with the base rate rises potentially next week, it's realistic from if, you, if you're looking that it's going to go up another, you know, another 0.5, realistically. So, yes, you're then going to get if, if the lenders follow suit, which, as you guys have seen, how quickly they're pulling rates and taking them off the market, you can, we're going to have that drama, as he says again, again next week or the week after. They usually follow about a, a, about a week or two after. They're not that quick, surprisingly enough. Lenders don't automatically immediately pull rates. They usually the, the, there is a sort of a, a, a run-in period, and it's usually about a week or two. So people, everybody does have a little bit of time. A, a week or two sounds sounds pretty quick to me, but I think it's, it's because the, the lenders obviously arrange their borrowing sort of in advance of when they lend it out. So I, I guess the, the, the lag is makes sense. Correct. How are you seeing other characteristics of of what's available? As in, are you seeing mortgage lenders? being more restrictive in things like loan to values or salary multiples and th- things like things like that sort of other characteristics of, of mortgages are they changing and no not really not not of late i think that goes back to when we talked some time ago regarding service we've noticed that's the biggest issue within the industry bar none i think at the moment sorry apart from Obviously, interest rate rises, but that's a cost thing rather than if you've made the decision or not. The service with lenders at the moment, what they tend to uh, they tend to do is they've they've increased rates. It's it's so clear they won't admit that 
clearly, but but it's so clear that they to reduce the number of applications coming through the door, they've they don't want to go on what we call our sourcing systems. We have software here that the lenders update all the time, so we know literally minute by minute what the latest rates are with all lenders across the board. And you can see the usual suspect if anybody's been particularly bad in with service and it's quite a few of them, and some are still in trouble, you can still go to one of the main high street lenders and wait 20, 21 working days before your application is is looked at, initially looked at. So what you'll then find is they'll go down the sourcing system with rates so they're not so attractive. So what equally, so we've not seen anything exciting with within to uh, sort of uh, income multiples or as Stuart was saying stress testing there's nothing really come on the market to say oh you know come come use us although uh, a fairly funny story we have Stuart and I have had some interesting issues recently with a particular lender and they've been sending me emails promoting their products which I find quite laughable when they can't provide service to existing clients because it takes months, but their their marketing, you, you know, their 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 new fixed rates over five years, and come and use us because we're excellent. That's quite laughable, really. I, although I laugh nervously. <laughs> you laugh nervously in my vicinity. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, so yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, we 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 sh- we shan't speak uh, ill of them at the moment. But yeah, just a just a further advance taken uh, best part of five and a bit months to yeah. to get that done, which in uh, which in anyone's money is is a pretty long time, particularly when you're looking for that sort of funding and when it's all been approved. I think that was the biggest challenge for us. It was all been approved. But one thing that stood out to me, and obviously staying professional without uh, dropping into a whinge fest about that, but one thing that was interesting is that you did talk to me, although I was quite uh, envious at the time, but about another bank that, that does everything you know online. They've got their sort of digital infrastructure. I think it's TMW you mentioned, where actually that's all done online. The decisions are made online. So it's probably worth calling that out as well as calling out the uh, the negative aspects as well, isn't it? Absolutely. No, good point. And we, yeah, we did we did touch on this briefly, didn't we? A, a number of lenders, and and we are we do spend as as brokers, we do spend our life, you know, hitting these lenders over the head, particularly when it comes to service, because we're 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 in between the two. You guys want to know exactly what's going on. You want it clearly want it done as quickly as possible. The lenders, we just go into a black hole and then sit on the phone for hours at a time. But some are very good. TMW, for example, you mentioned. Birmingham Midshire is also very good. So most of the high street banks, when it comes to rate switches, will have this, will have an automated system. Some are better than others. Some are immediate. TMW, for example, you literally, as long as you're within the I believe it's three months within the rate expiring, for an example. You go on, it automatically gives you a list of products you want. You tick yes, you agree it with the client, and it's done. I mean, if if they can do it, why does it take others? And they're usually the smaller, more specialist lenders, but they all have online broker systems, which they clearly need to invest in. 
because it's uh, some of it is that some of the service, as Stuart was saying, is absolutely appalling and taking. Why would it take someone five months to do something another lender would literally do in 10 minutes? It, it makes no sense. The, the worry for me just on that is just uh, and again, I'm not, we're not, we're not going to make this into a, a podcast just to moan about certain banks because we could do that for hours. But I think the thing that concerns me is that, that lending is your primary function. If, that's, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a mortgage lender, that is your, your, that's, your, that's your modus operandi, isn't it? Your business doesn't function unless you've lent money. Yes, you've got to underwrite it. You've got to make sure you're lending to, you, you know, and given all the things that have happened since 2008, you've got to make sure it's sustainable lending. I get that. But when you're, you know, in, in this case, you know, it was, uh, we were talking about further advance that, was, that wasn't more than 50,000. It was less than 50,000. So in the grand scheme for a bank, not a lot of money, relatively speaking. And my frustration is that we have, my company has several mortgages with this same bank. So, you know, you have to jump through the same hoops and then it takes them the number of months to actually provide you those funds. And, and I worry about the longevity of a bank like that. If, if they can't get the first part of their job right, which is actually getting the money into the hands of the people they need to, because otherwise they're not making money as a business. So how can that continue? I agree. It's, it, and, and also we, we spoke again, and, and it, uh, as a client, as a broker, as a business, you're put off by that lender. And that's why I said it was quite laughable when they're, they're then sending marketing emails to promote themselves and say, come to us with, you know, bring your client, bring your portfolio landlords to us. No, quite simply, I'm not going to do that because you're, you're simply appalling. And uh, you know, that's the thing, and you're quite right. How, how, do they, how do they expect to survive? The problem is they will because brokers have a very short-term memory and we will go back onto our, as I said before, our, our software systems and say, oh, right, that bank is back up at the top. They have a really good rate. You know what? It's difficult. And you speak to the client. And I would probably say, I mean, I'm guessing here, but nine times out of 10, if you say to a, if you say to a client, you, you guys are there, you've been in this situation, right, I can go to this bank. It has X rate. They are the cheapest. They're the best. Not Sorry, best service, but they have the best available rate. But let me tell you, the service is appalling. Or we go, it's slightly higher and we can go to another bank where the service is pretty good. Now, most of the time, people will go for the, for the lower rate. So you're already drawn back to the, back, that bank when you don't want to use them. So it's, a, it's quite a difficult. And I, I think they just rely on that. Mm. Moths, moths to a flame, aren't we? Moths to a flame. Absolutely. It's, it's shocking. Don't get me started on that. Okay, we'll change the topic. <laughs> Going back slightly, you mentioned TMW being being good in their, their processes. And I've actually been through that process very recently. So I have had a, a long-term tracker mortgage on one of my earliest properties. And it's been sitting very nicely on that tracker for many years, over 10. And I've been really enjoying those, those lovely low rates for, for the recent years there. But... I saw rates going up and I thought, right, it's time to jump to a fixed rate. And I've jumped to a fixed rate at the point of jumping, at least, where the fixed rate was a reasonable bit higher than my current tracker, even sort of looking ahead, probably for at the time, one or two 
Bank of England base rate increases. And the, the, just to finish the, the bit about the service, the, the process was so simple. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe my broker in the background was having to, to work overtime to get it done. I don't know. But from my point of view, it was extremely simple. My broker already has most of my, my details. And they, they sent me an illustration, as you said. I said, yes, that's fine. And I don't know, a week, maybe two weeks later, they said, great, that's all done. And, and that was it. <laughs> it's so, so simple. But the, the point I actually wanted to get to was how do you feel about tracker rates versus fixed rates, both sort of now in the current environment of rates increasing, but also if we try and average them out over a 25-year term of a mortgage, do, do you think staying fixed and jumping from fixed is likely to, to work out best? Or, or could the tracker mortgage actually, in the long run, be a better bet? A million-dollar question. And I think what you will find, you could probably talk to 10, 20 different brokers and have a different answer from everybody because it's an opinion rather than anything else. I mean, certainly what I'm doing is now for the first time starting to make people aware, look, this is the, this is what's available on tracker rate. This is available on the fixed rate. Lenders are not very aggressive on their trackers at all. So you can, you can read into that what you will. I would certainly say from a personal point of view, and then we're talking to clients and clients looking for recommendations. I still believe that fixed rates, depending on where you're going, between a, a, whether it's a residential or you're looking at the, the top end of rates, which is generally a limited, a limited company, multi-unit or HMO, is, is a sort of the top end of rates. You're looking somewhere between 4 and 5%. Now, uh, sorry, for a five-year fixed rate. Now, what do we know about rates going forward? Well, they're still going up. You know, that's where we, I think if you sort of, you ask 100 people in the street, they'll be expecting your, your rates to go up uh, somewhat for the rest of this year. Where are they going to go to uh, is anyone's guess. I think the, the the feeling is somewhere between 3 and 4%. Does a tracker then become attractive when you're looking at 4 and 5% fixed rates over five years? It's a, it's a very difficult one. I would still steer towards a five-year fixed rate because I think historically that is still a very, very good fixed rate over that period. And I think with the uncertainty in the marketplace, we're, we're still uncertainty, uh, uncertain about the property market. What's going to happen with property? Are, you know, is that going to become quite active again? What's going to happen with the, you know, the potential recession we're going into with inflation? Certainly from a landlord's point of view, like you guys, cash flow, budgeting, working out exactly what you want. I think there's, personally, I think there's too much of a risk to going into a tracker. But also, again, somewhere, if you can get a tracker rate, which you can switch at no, with no penalties over to a fixed rate, if you can get there out there, depending, again, if it's buy-to-let, residential, there's a lot of anomalies here. But if you can, that might be an idea if you quite like the idea of a tracker, but I would certainly, if it's me and it's my money, if I'm looking at it and it's, that's how I like to advise, yeah, that, uh, I'd still think rates are, are historically low. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the two factors that led me to, to moving mine were 
rates increasing. And if I did it early enough, which hopefully I did, then I will, will end up having five years of lower. But also the hassle factor and the, the, the certainty, safety, if you like, factor of, of knowing what those payments are going to be rather than sitting on the edge of my seat for every Bank of England base rate announcement. Just as a, a sort of quick idea, the, the tracker that I gave up was a 1.25% above base. What sort of above base trackers are, are sort of on the market at the moment? Oh, there you put me on the spot, Simon. Let's look at a standard, a standard buy-to-let. Here we go. We have one here. Quite attractive, actually. Standard buy-to-let with a customer up with up to 10 buy-to-lets. Two-year tracker at 2.39. That's Bank of England's base plus 0.64. So pretty attractive. You, you said that's a two-year tracker. So what, what does that revert to after the two years? Goes to It will then go to their standard variable you know whatever that may be at the time they have this is this is actually with tmw at the moment i'm just looking on there which gives a it gives a um i mean they're pretty much market leading in a lot of standard standard buy to let products so they're you know that's quite good comes with a two thousand pounds fee there or thereabouts that's up to 65 percent, 75 percent to bank of england place plus 0.74 that's it that's for purchases and remortgages so, yes, still, I mean, that's quite a bit lower than their two-year rate, which is 3.89. But that's going to go up by next week by 0.5, as a minimum. I would say, you know, you know from talking to expert people who know a lot more about it than I do. But, again, Simon, it's exactly like you say. Do you want to wait for each Bank of England announcement to sit there with your – it's probably okay if you have one. And you think, well, that's okay. I've got some leeway there. The rents, I, I reviewed the rent last year. It's gone up. There's, I'm making X amount of pounds on it. If, like you guys or others who are, have a portfolio, you, and you have half a dozen products on tracker, you're, you're, you, naturally you're going to be nervous. I think, and then I think that's then the issue. Yes, they're, that, in that particular instance, nice rate, but it's going up. So, and, and it doesn't take long before it's up and above the, um, the fixed rate. Yeah. At this juncture, I should also just shout out to Alfie Chats, who sent us a tweet about this a little while ago. So, Alfie, I'm hoping this conversation helps you. Uh, let us know via Twitter. That uh, seems to be your preferred method of communication. But this is a conversation that does come up fairly often. In fact, uh, a friend of mine contacted me very recently and, and said, look, I've been offered a, a, a tracker or a fixed and he said my tracker was 0.5 percent higher and he just said what should i do and it's it's one of these questions that people ask you and i'm sure you get it asked all the time so i mean of course we're asking you of it asking it of you now but i, I kind of said to him well look ultimately it's going to be your call i said if you're going to pay i think it was half a percent more on the fixed as it stood you know on that day i said so you need to just work out that that math to see if you're happy with that but of course factor into the fact that bank rates could happen at any time and seem to be are obviously happening more frequently i said but you know i said my perspective has always been a bit like you know we've been talking about was a bit of set and forget and particularly when you're in in the rental market you you do want to just fix these things and plan and so typically i mean my my terms have always been shorter just because 
because of the works that we do to the property. And, and that has cost us quite, you know, quite literally, you know, it's put a lot of cost into the business. Whereas now I'm thinking a bit more long term and we are going to set and forget. But I think, you know, in around what we're talking about today is that really the individual has to have a look at the, the numbers and, and work it out because it is quite simple obviously that with a variable stroke tracker you're you're at the whims and yes of course the base rate could go down but i don't think any of us are thinking that's going to happen anytime soon given the fact that we've had low interest rates for such a long time yeah and that's where fixed does make more sense but then people look at it and say well i'm I'm paying more for that for that security and 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 that's kind of the equation that, that everyone has to work out for themselves with the with an accountant and or broker yeah absolutely it that's the, everybody's different. I mean, that that's the thing. It's it, it's not a, a, a sort of one rate it, it fits for everybody. And I and I see that on a daily basis with different clients who are in different situations. And we all have that. We all have a different risk view on where we want to go. So some people will certainly say there is absolutely no way they're going to go on to anything other than a fixed rate. And then we have someone else. Again, whether it's a portfolio landlord or, or just someone who has the odd buy to let here and there and, and say, oh, no, well, you know, give me some give me some options. Let me see. Let me take a view. What's your through? And I think anybody and, and talking to anybody out there in, in podcast land is certainly speak it through with your broker. Your broker will, uh, if you have a good, uh, a good relationship with them. We'll be having this conversation every day with people and we'll have a feel for what what the lenders are doing, what other clients are doing, uh, other people in your situation and give you an overall view. Now, whether they recommend a, a, a five, a, a fixed fix rate, whether it's two, three, five, seven, ten years, whatever it may be, or a tracker, the decision is yours at the end of the day. They can only guide you uh, and make a recommendation. but take as much information as possible is uh, that would be my uh, certainly my recommendation for the days get as much information as you can look at trackers i mean there're not as many trackers out there if you are the more uh, the, the professional landlord you're looking at limited company buy to lets and hmos they they're not a you know those sort of products are not out there as uh, certainly as much and again, read into that what you will. Why are lenders not providing those sort of product, those tracker products to to that market? Are they not being taken up by clients or are the lenders nervous about offering them to, um, uh, to, to professional landlords? Um, you know, who, we, don't, we don't actually know, but certainly take advice. Talk it through before just immediately making that decision to say, right, it's got to be a fixed. Yeah, there's a there's a big wide mortgage market out there to to investigate before making any any kind of decision. Uh, I think it'd be good to to finish up with a sort of traditional, having done it once, quick fire round on some example mortgage rates. But just before we do, is, is there anything else of happening in the mortgage market at the moment that you you would like to mention? There isn't anything exciting going on. If 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 the mortgage market can ever be exciting. That's a question itself. Product-wise, I think I think lenders are definitely nervous. L- lenders are nervous about interest rate rises to ensure that people are not overstretching themselves. Clearly, they have been. They've been maxing out on borrowing over the last 10, 12 years. 
at extremely low interest rates. So they're very aware that over the coming six months, year, two years, people are going to be jumping off, whether whether it be buy to lets or residential properties, are jumping off very low rates. And all of a sudden, their, their mortgage is going to be doubled in many occasions. So I don't think they're going to be coming out with anything attractive in the foreseeable. We hope they are. But at the moment, it's a case of let's wait and see. Let's see what's happening with with rates, Bank of England base rates, certainly, and then go from there. And I think that I think all of them are, are kind of holding back, although we're seeing I'm still seeing lots of people buying. So, you know, how long may that continue? OK, so quick fire. So this is this is obviously today. This is a few days before it will go out to, to the to the public. And that, in turn, is a, a day or two before uh, the next expected Bank of England announcement. So we're only talking about right now. And this is only a very vague guide. Don't rely on these numbers. Talk to your broker. All that said, what sort of rates are you seeing for residential uh, homeowner mortgages? What's a, a good rate there? Re- residential, you're looking at, again, if you're looking at a sort of five-year five year fixed rate at the moment, if you're a residential owner, wanting to remortgage you're looking at about 375 with a, the, your standard fees free remortgage you can now get residential purchases at 95% they're becoming more popular actually just over the 4% mark 4.14 i think i feel is the uh, i think the best rate on the market at the moment got to say can, in this current market that's still attractive i think that's still very very good so the difference between that, I think that's quite unusual. The difference in loan to values there, I'm talking about a 75% remortgage at 375 and a 95% purchase at 414. Not a lot of difference, really. No, for, for that uh, significant extra risk that the lender's taking on and the value of the property, yeah, there's, there's not much difference in, in the rate. No, very, very, very unusual. Okay, so moving on to uh, starter investor looking at single let buy to let property in their own name without an existing portfolio what sort of rate are they looking at yeah surprisingly enough i've had a look at this very similar to the residential 374 at 75 percent so the gain that's very unusual but the, i think because of a lot of the the big lenders have then have changed as i was talking about our sourcing system and with very bad service at the moment They've upped their rates on the residential side mainly, so they're not getting the business in. And you, uh, that's the, uh, I think that's the feeling across the marketplace. They're playing that game. And therefore, the buy-to-let lenders are coming in. And certainly the ones we were talking about who, are, who have excellent broker portals, who there's a lot of automation there. Yeah, 374, I still think that's a very good rate. Again, sorry, five-year fixed rate, and these are, you know, these these are changing all the time, as as you guys know, they're put being pulled all the all the time and change. But that's kind of where they are at the moment. Limited companies a little bit different. If you want to buy in a limited company, you're it's four seven five, so you're going up about one percent, which is pretty much the norm. Um, that's probably around sort of where where we'd expect it to be. And again, from day to day, the thing is is check with your broker. Because rates are, 
uh, they really they're they're moving like we haven't seen them for for ten or twelve years. So just because it's available today doesn't mean it's going to be available in a couple of days' time. That just doesn't you know those days are gone for the for the time being. Okay, and final one: HMO borrowing in in a limited company is is that any higher than than buy to let borrowing in a limited company? Generally, you'll generally see it slightly. So you're, if you want to, if you're looking at an HMO property, multi-unit block, you're looking at around something just under the 5% mark. That's kind of where you should be, where you should be, where you should be looking at the, and obviously the stress testing on HMOs, multi-units is not really a, too much of a concern because normally the, uh, the rentals are so much better. But yeah, somewhere up around the five percent mark is where, and you so you can see. Whereas previously we were seeing HMO limited company borrowing an awful lot higher than residential, the the they've become very very close um, over the last three four months. I, I remember that um, particularly on the eighty five percent loan to value HMO product, it used to it used to be because I had so many of them, 5.29. And that's come down quite a bit now. So that's that's one bit of positive based, you know, like as you've just said, they're, they're now just slightly under, marginally under 5%. So that's been a been a small plus when they actually get to being able to give me the mortgage, that is, obviously. <laughs> yes, he says nervously. But yeah, absolutely. But it, I mean, I would expect that to... I mean, it's interesting to again. We could go off on on that tangent. Why are the, why are the lenders offering eighty five percent rates at such uh, so low? It it does seem quite strange. But obviously, as you said before, Simon, about the lenders are buying in that that money. They they're factoring that in over the next five years, so they're able to do it. They know something that we certainly don't. But if you can get that up there, if you can get up to eighty five percent on an HMO. At around five percent, that's I, I still feel certainly from a broker's point of view, still think that's good money, really, really good money, and that's a really, really good investment. The residential side, no, not so much. That's that's becoming a bit uncomfortable for a lot of people. But certainly from a landlord, a portfolio landlord's point of view, five percent on an HMO, I think that's good. Yeah, I and mean, there's not that much difference really between. The, the buy to let and the HMO, and and yet HMO revenues, energy prices permitting, are are potentially much much higher. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're finishing up now. <laughs> so we will make sure contact details are in the show notes. But how can people reach you, Simon? Come and visit our website www.jsiassociates.com. Any inquiries? You just want to talk things over or mortgages? always here to um to help anybody and uh, and to give advice fantastic and thank you very very much for sharing so much of your knowledge with us today and for everyone listening please do leave us a, a rating and review or or just just a rating if you if you so wish we really do appreciate them in whatever podcast listening service you're using you can find show notes and details of all previous shows at thebusinessofproperty.com and we will talk to you again next week. Bye.